Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. All right, we're going to dive in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor uh, greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. But Jesus is faithful as the son over God's house, as we are his house. If needed, we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. So as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested and tried me through for 40 days. They saw what I did. That is why I was angry at that generation. I said their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways. So I declared an oath of my anger. They shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by a sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the end. As has just been said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they all not Moses? Uh, led, or, excuse me, not all those Moses led out of Egypt. And with whom was he angry for forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness, and to whom God swore that they would never enter His rest if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. So, Father, uh, we just come to you this morning knowing that you are sovereign and that, God, you have something to say to us this morning. So, Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would speak to us, that our hearts wouldn't be, we just read, they wouldn't be hard, they wouldn't be astray, they wouldn't be far from your ways, but, God, that our hearts would be open to hear from you this morning. And, God, I just pray that uh, each and every person in this call would be encouraged this morning. Because, you know, when we see the messages of faithfulness, we see the messages of hearing that God it would encourage us that you want to speak to us and you made us to hear. And we pray these things in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Awesome. So right before I get into breaking down um, uh, a few verses here, just a few thoughts I had while I was reading this chapter, uh, 
I actually just want to encourage you myself, you know, verse 13, we'll kind of look at it a little bit later, but it says, encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today. I just want to encourage you just for a moment. Uh, hear me, follower of Christ. Hear me, son and daughter of God. Uh, you are loved. You are so very loved. And the Holy Spirit is inside of you. And he is speaking to you. And he is strengthening you. And whatever it is that you are going through right now, please know that the Lord is right next to you. And he is not going to leave you for anything. And he will stand by your side and walk with you faithfully every day as long as you say, Jesus, I need you. And I'll tell you what, I've never seen God hold back grace from someone who stands humbly before him. I've never seen God hold back grace from someone who says, Jesus, I need you. So follower of God, no, he is for you and not against you. Like just like our fight night message last night, right? Like God is with us. He's in the boat with us going through every day with us. So follower of Christ, please be encouraged this morning, knowing that God is on your side and he's not fighting against you. He's actually looking to push you forward in the next thing that he's calling you to and inside of his purses. So I, I don't know about you. I just know for me, it's so encouraging when I know that God is on my side. I should really say I'm on his side. However, he's next to you and he's really pushing you forward. So I just want to kind of kick it off with that. I felt as though like some of us just might need some encouragement this morning and just know that you're loved. You are loved by God. And all right, let's dive in. Verse one, it says, therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. Uh, just a couple of thoughts on this one. I like what the NLT says on this verse. It says, brothers and sisters who belong to God and are partners with those called to heaven. Uh, sharing in the heavenly calling, the share the partner. You know, I, I want to kind of break it down. Like all of us in this call right now are partners in the calling that Jesus has called us to. We're all sharing in this calling together. And since we're sharing in this calling together, you know, we are all about vulnerability, transparency, uh, you know, not keeping our skeletons in the closet or fight night guys come on our gorillas in the closet. We're not about shoving them in the corner and saying, uh, sorry, my phone keeps on going off and saying, uh, you know, we'll figure it out another time. No, we are all about vulnerability and sharing inside of the faith together. This is why we push so heavily out of rows into circles. So we are in community, getting face to face, eye to eye, getting shoulder to shoulder. So we can actually look at each other. Hey, how you doing? Right. Sharing in the call together. So what does it mean to be a partner inside of the faith? What does it mean to share in the heavenly calling that he's called us to? One of the things, one of the things this applies to is bearing one another's burdens. Ooh, what a fun verse. <laughs> That's right out of Galatians. And we actually partner with one another in the faith and the call of Jesus by partnering with one another and bearing our burdens. And what that basically looks like is, ready for this? If it's your problem, it's my problem. Oh, and here's where it gets awesome. If it's my problem, it's your problem. Let's go. <laughs> that means if, if it's hurting me, it's hurting you. And if it's hurting you, it's hurting me. And we partner with one another inside of the pain. We partner one another in praying for each other. And I'll tell you what, even so many of us in the Zoom call this morning, uh, many of you are even on my prayer list that I pray every single day. 
And some of you have specific things that, you know, we've talked about, like, you know, these are things we're believing for. Church, we partner with one another by praying with for and with one another and believing for one another in a specific thing. And I mean, I have been praying for uh, people and certain stuff. I mean, for years, years bearing that same burden. And I want to share just a quick testimony with you because God is faithful. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, you know, he's, he's a little bit older guy, but amazing, amazing guy. His son, uh, you know, he had a bout with alcoholism, uh, destroyed his relationship with his son. And the two of them hadn't talked. I'm talking about close to a decade. No conversation. Like I might talk like the, he would send him birthday cards, nothing in return. And uh, one of the first days we met, we just chatted. I said, hey, man, like, what can I do to pray for you? How can I bear the burden in your life? Like, how can I walk with you? How can I partner with you in, in this call that God has put on our life? How can I partner with you in the faith? And he just said, can you pray that I would have a restored relationship with my son? And come on, it, church, who wouldn't pray for that? Like, absolutely. Like, God is a God of restoration. And I, we started praying together. And this has been a while now we've been praying. And it's like, you know, every couple months we, we would chat, you know, shoot a text, give a call. Hey, how you doing? Anything on your son? Anything, like anything from him yet? And of course, you would always get the discouraged no, but I'm still praying. Last month, he finally met with his son for the first time. And his son reached out to him and said, Dad, I want to restore the relationship. Dad, I don't know where it's going to start yet, but like, I want to start this thing off. And it all comes from, now hear me, I'm not saying like, oh, I, I didn't restore the relationship. Jesus restored their relationship. However, I, got, I now get to share in the joy of the burden because we bear the burden together, right? So we carry one another's burdens together inside of prayer. We check up on one another. And since we uh, bear the burden, we also get to champion one another. Because now I get something to celebrate because I saw Jesus answer a prayer request in someone else's life. And hear me, church, that strengthens you in your walk with Christ and it strengthens you inside of your prayer life. Because here's what it does. If God did it for you, why wouldn't he do it for me? God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't just look at one person and say, yeah, you know, we'll do it for them, but not for this person. No, that's why I love Revelation 19.10, the spirit of Jesus, or excuse me, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy where a testimony of what God does is prophetic in nature of if he did it once, he'll do it again, which is why we love, love, love sharing testimonies of everything God is doing. So share in one another's faith, faith partner in one another's calling. Uh, it goes on. It says, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Oh my goodness. Church, can we be honest with ourselves this morning? And acknowledge that maybe we need to fix our thoughts on Jesus just a little bit more. Maybe we need to set our minds on Christ just a little bit more. Uh, there's a book out there. It's called Winning the War in Your Mind by Craig Rochelle. And uh, if you want a good reality check on your thought life and to define reality right from our message this past Sunday of uh, help, I need to get my life back. Um I would advise just picking up that book. I've read it a couple of times. It is a bombshell of a book and it's a very convicting book. <laughs> it, it will check you pretty quickly on what are you thinking about? So other ways uh, to kind of say this, fixing your thoughts on Jesus, what it means is to think carefully on the Lord, to think deeply about God and to focus on his true significance. So 
in our society today, and this is more of like a cultural thing, right? I'm not looking at Fusion Church. I'm not looking at you. I'm not looking at me and saying, oh, we do this, right? I'm talking about a societal thing. It's kind of more of a norm in our culture. Uh, right now, we live in the age of sound bites, fast food, quick fix solutions, uh, you know, the the three-minute how-to YouTube videos. Like, come on, I went to, I was the best man in uh, my brother's wedding this past Saturday. And, you know, you look up the videos of how to tie a tie and I, the, the video that you used to watch with eight minutes. And now I'm looking for the two minute video because eight minutes is too long. <laughs> we need the quick fix. I need the quick thing. You know, I want the two minute video on how to tie that tie because who has an extra six minutes in their lives <laughs> to spend watching how to tie the tie. Right. So uh, this pro this kind of like a idea of thinking carefully about Jesus pondering deeply the truths of God, really letting them sink in is kind of abstract for our society when you think about it. Because again, we live in the buy now button on Amazon, you know, society. Because I'll tell you what, I am a buy now guy. It is so convenient. And I've been loving Amazon more and more. That used to be my wife's thing. Uh, her parents bought her an Amazon Prime hat as a joke because packages kept on showing up continually. I would trip over them on my way in the door. Uh, but I'm starting to buy off Amazon and there's this little box and it says those who buy this also buy this. And as I'm looking at it, I think I can see why. And I then next thing you know, what happens? Buy now. <laughs> Instead of one package, two packages go. <laughs> but we live in this culture where it's so much like it's a quick fix. We don't think that deeply about stuff, but what the author of Hebrews is saying is think deeply about the Lord. Let his truths go far down into your hearts, not just your hearts, but your minds. And I would encourage you this morning, uh, you know, you're on soap. So I, I can't sit here and say, oh man, you know, get further into the devotionals. You know, you're here because you want to hear from the Lord. You're here because you want to go deeper in Christ. But I would encourage you, grab this word, grab this Bible. Find verses in it that speak directly to you that the Holy Spirit is on, that the Holy Spirit is breathing on and applying to you in the season of life that you're in. Find one verse, put it as your phone background. Find one verse, put it in the case of your phone so it looks at you daily. Like I'll tell you what, I have a verse on my phone right now that applies to my life currently right here because we want the truth of Jesus to go deep down into our hearts. And I have a question for you. As we think about these thoughts, I want you to just do a, a check on yourself. Note takers, you want to write this down. What do I think about? What do I think about on a daily basis? And there's, a, there's something in the recovery program that they have people do when they're going through uh, rehab and when they're going through different stuff. Um, uh, it is taking inventory of your life and taking inventory of your thoughts. Church. I think it's so important to take inventory of our thoughts where we start saying, thinking about what I think about, right? And I'm writing down what thoughts I have throughout the day. And I did this once. I should say I did this once. I, I made it a regular practice. I should say the first time I did this, I was so afraid of myself by the end of the day <laughs> because I was like, wow, I'm way more negative than I really thought I was. <laughs> like I thought I was a positive person. I really thought I was dwelling on the Lord. And the reality was I know that person that cut me off in Wawa before I got to have my first cup of coffee bothered me a lot more than I thought he did. <laughs> right come on please tell me i'm not alone like that the person because i the french vanilla creamer has not hit yet <laughs> right so 
you know, we have to think about what we think about. Uh, you know, I, I realize about myself, I dwell way more on tasks than necessarily I do on people and the Lord. If I can just get the job done and get the tasks done, I'm more of a task oriented person, you know, and I had to shift because the reality is there are people in this world and the Lord loves people and wants us to be about people. You know, we might be thinking about just workplace drama and dwelling on that. Uh, there's this old saying, I can't remember how many seconds it was, you know, it's like, or how many minutes it was, but let's say there's 60 minutes in an hour and, you know, someone uh, uh, offends you for 60 seconds straight and you spend the next 59 thinking about that one minute, you know, in your bank account, if you had $60 and someone took $1 from you, you know, would you chase them down for $1? Probably not. You would say, I still have 59. I'm all right. Well, why are we going to let someone steal an hour from us if they offend us for one minute? You know, and it's kind of getting past this process of thinking about what you think about and thinking about the deeper things of, Lord, I want to dwell on you. I don't want to dwell on the problem. I want to dwell on the solution, right? Because when we dwell on a problem, we can get discouraged. When we dwell on the issue, next thing you know, we are uh, falling into the pit of, well, is God actually going to show up? Think about what you think about. Take inventory on the thoughts that you have throughout the day. Take inventory on what it is that uh, the Lord is saying to you. Because I find many times the Lord is speaking to me through my thoughts. And until I write it down, I'm missing what he's saying sometimes. Like in all honesty. So think about what you think about. All right, we're going to go forward. We are going to go down to where are we are here. We're going to go down to verse seven. We got a few verses to read here. It says, so as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in rebellion during the time of testing the wilderness where your ancestors tested and tried me. Though for 40 years they saw what I did, that is why I was angry with that generation. I said their hearts are always going astray and they have not known my ways. So I declared an oath uh, in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Whoo, my goodness. What a heavy little passage. <laughs> you know, you want to talk about the passages that just give you a little spanking. That, that's one of them, right? <laughs> and here's the thing. It's like, you know, I consider myself someone who hears from God. <laughs> and even that passage right there, it's like, okay, like it's a good reality check, Correct. So uh, I want to just read you something from a little commentary I read while I was studying over this chapter. <clears throat> it was saying, during the Israelite's journey into the promised land, they hardened their hearts in the wilderness. They resisted God's plan for their lives and continued doubting his ability to bring deliverance. The people were so convinced that God couldn't deliver them from their enemies and bring them safely into the promised land that they simply gave up faith in him. Wow. 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 And I think it's just so relevant because like church, we were just doing Exodus, right? Like we were just in the chapter where we were looking at the lives of the Israelites coming out of Egypt and into the wilderness. And I, I kind of want to just touch on one thing as we push into hearing God's voice. Uh, Coming out of Egypt is God's salvation. Salvation is God taking you out of Egypt. Salvation is God taking you out of your present state. God is salvation is him taking you out of the world and into his heavenly calling. Sanctification is getting Egypt out of you. Sanctification is where God gets the mindsets of Egypt out of us. 
because we learned some things in Egypt. Did we not? Come on now, somebody. I know I learned some things in that spot. And sometimes I'll be honest and I, I'm a vulnerable dude. Some of y'all know this. I, I will just shoot it straight. Uh, sometimes Egypt looks kind of nice when I'm walking around in the wilderness because I'll turn around and look back and remember, yeah, you know, I had to make bricks. It wasn't fun. However, the food there was kind of nice, <laughs> right? I had a roof there. I didn't have to build a tent every day. Come on, somebody. Like, we're out in the wood, but we have to get Egypt out of us. That's the sanctification process. Because if we want to be the person that God wants us to be to go into the promised land, we have to get Egypt out of us. And that that's all the process of God's grace is the process of God, uh, of us hearing God's voice and not hardening our hearts. You know, we're not talking about perfectionism here. Our perfectionists, I'm right here. We're not talking about our perfectionism. What we're talking about is very simply a heart that's sensitive to God. Because in this passage, you'll notice something. The Lord never said, I want you to be perfect. What he said was, I just don't want you to have a hard heart. I just want you to have a soft heart to hear my voice. So uh, I want us to look at this, you know, during the Israelites journey to the promised land, that's where they hardened their hearts. And their hardened hearts, uh, evidence of it was that they didn't believe, they resisted God's plan and continued doubting his ability to bring them into the promised land. Uh, hear me, church. Where in your process and in your journey right now, uh, or in your journey right now, are you developing a hard heart? Or even in that, you know, are you developing or have you developed one? Wherever you are currently, you know, and this is like a reality check, right? Like this is one of the moments, okay, have I or have I not? Um, you know, because hard hearts don't happen overnight. It's a series of decisions and circumstances. And here's the thing. I think a lot of us, you know, when we really check it, it's easier for us to get a hard heart and to grow that than we probably realize because they were so convinced that God couldn't take them to the promised land. And some of us, wherever we're at in our lives right now, in our seasons, uh, we may be convinced that God may not answer that prayer request. We may be convinced that it's difficult to, uh, uh, for God to show up at this point, you know, that person I've been praying for them so long, but they are just so very difficult. Come on. The last person I invited to church, they cussed me out. Like, you know, they are just a little too difficult, right? <laughs> so, I don't know if the amen hands should go off with that one, but I'm with you. <laughs> I love real. I love real. You're awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's like, you know, I can get a hard heart towards people sometimes. Amen. Like, that's where I think like, it may not even be a hard heart towards God, but it's a hard heart towards seeing breakthrough for people. It's a hard heart for seeing the promise of God be manifest in someone's life because they have just been so difficult to try and get in the church. Hear me, hear me, church. It is not, it is not about us. It's not about you and me. It's about the promise of God being fulfilled in people's lives. It's about the purpose of Jesus in people's lives. And if you have that hard heart towards someone and it's like, oh, I don't want to keep inviting them. Oh, you know, my spouse, they are so difficult to get into church. I'll tell you what, church, just get them on the couch in the lobby. We got coffee and snacks. I'll sit with them for a service if they don't want to come in. <laughs> right. Like it's about getting them in there and believing God that he is going to meet them where they are. Amen. So. Uh, I want to look at this really quick. Hearing God's voice. It says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Church, you were made to hear the voice of God. You were made to hear from him, and he wants to speak to you. 
you know, I don't know if uh, in your theology or in the way that you view the Bible, if God still speaks today, uh, you know, and if that's what you believe, I respect you. I have, you know, I'm not here to convince you of another doctrine. I'm not here to, I, listen, I'm just not that kind of guy, you know, it just follows Jesus, right? Um, I truly wholeheartedly believe that God speaks. I am, I, I, when I read the Bible, you know, I just don't think he did it for 2000 years and just decided to stop one day. I believe he's still speaking today. And I believe he wants to speak to his children today. So in hearing his voice, I just want to give you a couple quick, uh, quick uh, one-liners that it's all about hearing God's voice and how to hear his voice more. Uh, number one, if you want to hear God, you have to be near God, my note takers. If you hear God, you have to be near God. Uh, many times we want God to scream. <laughs> we, we want him to shout as loud as possible to us. But hear me, church, uh, God does not scream. He simply speaks. <laughs> you know, what I have found is the enemy screams because he is the accuser of the brethren. He is the accuser of the church. He is the one throwing accusations and insults at the church constantly. And in his accusing, he screams. Uh, God does not feel the need to scream. He is powerful enough just to speak. He can talk to you just how I'm talking to you. He doesn't have to raise his voice. He is more than confident in himself, <laughs> right? He knows what he carries. <laughs> he just speaks to us. And I think that's beautiful because he doesn't feel the need to just yell as loud as possible because he's just that powerful. And uh, so, yeah, he doesn't scream. He speaks. And many times what we are saying is, God, I want you to turn up the volume of your voice, right? I, I want you to just like a couple notches. Lord, if you're set on two right now, can you turn up to like an eight for me just so I can hear you that much better? Uh, many times we're saying God speak louder and God in response is saying, I'm not going to speak louder. Just close the gap between us. Just come a little bit closer. Because if you came a little bit closer, you'd hear me a little bit clearer, right? So hear me. If you want to be, if you want to hear God, be near to God. Number two, if you want to get familiar with his voice, you must be filled with his word. If you want to get familiar with the voice of God, be familiar with the word of God. This book right here, <clears throat> this is the best gauge to know if God is speaking to us or not. And whether we're hearing the Holy Spirit or just a spirit, because this word right here, it, it's his written word to us, and it will filter the things he says to us, because if, if you hear a voice inside of you saying, oh, you're no good, you're not enough, uh, you know, you'll never get it done, you're a failure, I want to tell you something, church, that is not the voice of the Holy Spirit, that's the voice of a spirit, and this word right here is exactly how you would know it's not the voice of God, because what's it? No, he says, you're not a failure, right? It, it, no, you're actually successful inside of him. You're a victor inside of him. You're a champion inside of him. Amen. Like you are actually pushing forward inside of him. He's for you. He's not against you. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You know, God speaks identity into his church, not failure into his church. Amen. So if you want to be familiar with his voice, you must be filled with his word. Get that verse on your, on your phone background. Get that verse in the back. I used to do sticky notes on my steering wheel to remind myself while I drove because I had horrible road rage for a, a, a chapter of my life. We have closed it. I'm, I'm, I'm much better now. <laughs> but a chapter of my life I had horrible road rage. And how did I combat it? I took a sticky note. I taped it to my steering wheel because I had to remind myself of being filled with his word, even in my 
mm, most frustrated moments. And what happened was that suddenly the road rage started to disappear one day at a time, one moment at a time, one person cutting me off at a time. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> right. Find yourself in that spot that frustrates you the most and fill it with the word of God. Get familiar with his voice. Number three, lower the noise and you'll hear his voice. Lower the noise and you'll hear his voice. In our lives, we live in such a loud, 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 loud culture. We always have a TV playing, a podcast playing, um, music in the background, somebody talking. The phone calls have to answer 42 text messages. Church, lower the noise and you'll hear his voice. It, it, we live in a very distracting culture. And listen, I'm not against podcasts. If you know me, you know I am a podcast junkie. Like I, I text out pod, probably 16 a day. You know, like I am constantly listening to podcasts. Uh, but we actually have to hit pause on things just to hear from God. You know, silence uh, scares some of us. When when we say, all right, I'm going to hit everything and it's just going to be me, my thoughts, and Jesus. And it just, let's just be vulnerable for a moment. Sometimes we don't want to be alone with our thoughts because we are afraid of what they may actually be. Amen. Like, right? Like, just to be real with ourselves for a second, to shut the noise off and say, okay, God, I just want to get real with you, real with my thoughts, and, and just say, I'm going to lower the noise because I want to hear you speak hit pause on the music. I love worship music, but sometimes you just have to turn it off and say, hey, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I'm closing the gap right now. I'm coming near to you. So remove the distractions and kind of an application. Uh, what is God saying to you? Uh, to, to close on this, because we are approaching 640, but to close on this, verse six, I'm going to actually jump back up. But Christ is faithful as son over God's house. And we are his house, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. God is faithful to his house, and we are his house. Child of God, uh, Jesus will never not be faithful to you. Jesus will never not be faithful to you. It is outside of his nature. It is outside of what he does. In First Timothy, uh, I believe it's First Timothy 1. It says, even when we are faithless, he is faithful. Even when there is little faith in me, he is full of faith. So hear me today, church. Whatever you're going through, whatever you have going on, God is faithful to you. He is faithful to his house, and he will not give up on you. Even if you're sitting here today and you want to know what I have to, maybe I have to get my thoughts in order right? Maybe I have to draw near to God to hear God today, but God is faithful to you. And that's your confidence inside of him. You have confidence that God will not give up on me. He's on, I'm on his side, right? We are pushing through this life together. And just a, a recap of our quick uh, application points. Think about what you think about on top of it. You know, what is God saying to you, right? Hearing his voice. And then number three, uh, we didn't really get into this point too much, but I want to kind of make an application point and a challenge for you today, church. How can you encourage someone today? Verse 13, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. How can I encourage someone today? God made you to be an encourager. God made you to be someone that lifts somebody else up because we live in such a discouraging world 
on a daily basis. Come on, like, like it really, like on a regular basis, this life can be so very discouraging. And to encourage someone, what does that mean? It actually means to put courage into them. One of the best ways to do that is to build them up. Listen, I see what you're doing over here. You're doing a good job, right? Listen, I, this quality about you, I can just see it's from the Lord. You're doing so, like, it, we can tell you're hearing from God, you know, like just put courage into people because sometimes we just have to hear like, you're doing all right. It's okay. Right. In a society where all the articles hit Facebook of these are five reasons why you're doing the wrong thing. And then you change what you're doing. And then the next article comes out five reasons as to why that thing is wrong. Come on. Like, <laughs> like Facebook would be so discouraging. Oh. oh, Hey, we got me. Awesome. Okay. Everyone hear me? We're okay. Okay. Zoom, zoom, like sign me out for a second. <laughs> so how can you encourage someone today? I just want to challenge you in that church. Hear God, encourage some, encourage some people and think about what you think about. Uh, I love you all. We're going to close some prayer right here. Uh, Father, we thank you that, that you are with us and that God, you want to speak to us, that you are encouraging us and that Lord, you want to fill our thoughts with yourself. So Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would give us grace today to follow you. That God, you would remind us today that we're not failures, we're victors inside of you. That God, uh, we are winners over temptation, that we are winners over sin, and that God, you have made us for so much more uh, than maybe even what we're facing today. So Lord, I just pray that we wouldn't grow weary in the process, that we wouldn't grow, grow weary while doing good, but that we would keep pressing forward in the upward call in Christ Jesus. And that as we're pushing forward into the promised land, that we wouldn't be convinced of what the enemy can do, but we would be so very convinced by what you can do, convinced by the miracles that you perform, convinced by your faithfulness to your people. So God, I just pray, encourage each and every person listening to this right now, put your courage inside of them, Lord. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would speak to them today in new and dynamic ways. God, let your voice come alive to them. In, in ways that they have never experienced before and that they would know this is the voice of my God. This is the voice of my dad speaking life into me. And we pray this all in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Church. It was so awesome doing soap with you this morning. I'm praying for each and every one of you go encourage somebody. Amen. God bless you.